Amen. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 5. If you've got a Bible, we'll put some scriptures on the screen this morning, of course. Uh, but if you've got a Bible, and um, let's turn to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to focus today on verse 6. So Jesus has been walking the earth for a while, living a life, and actually spent a good deal of time living a pretty ordinary life. He wasn't a celebrity, and that's a part of why a lot of people were surprised when he started to do miracles, and when he started to teach, and when crowds started to gather. I don't want us to miss that. Uh, Some of you have heard me say this before. I believe that everything about Jesus tells us something about God. Even those ordinary years of his life. He's tempted in every way that we are. He experienced reality. He experienced being normal. He was not remarkable looking. Nobody picked him out in a crowd ahead of time. But then it was time. It was time for him to reveal himself as a Messiah. He started to do miracles. And then people, how many of you know when miracles happen, people pay attention, right? So people started to pay attention. So Matthew 4, and let's remember who Matthew is too, right? Matthew was the dirty of the dirty, right? Matthew was somebody who was considered to be far from God. He would have described himself as being far from God, not a God person. And he was somebody who was an outcast by others. So Matthew is recording very carefully some important things. And in Matthew 4, we see that Matthew describes that when Jesus would go places and he would open his mouth, he would say, hey, turn around. It's God time. Repent. You have been going that way. You have been trying to, you've been living to make yourself happy. It's time to turn around and start to walk towards, it's time to start to chase God. That's how we would summarize in today's language what Matthew described that Jesus was saying in Matthew 4. He was anywhere that he went, he said, hey, it's God time. God has showed up. This, you have a new opportunity in front of you. How many of you are thankful the message we heard last week about the God of opportunity, right? Then in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus starts to teach. And don't you love the fact that when Jesus starts to teach, he doesn't start with, y'all are bad people. Right? Don't do this. Don't do that. I saw you when you were doing this. I know what you did last summer. Like, that's not how Jesus started. Some of y'all need to stop watching those movies, right? (laughs) Jesus doesn't start that way. He could have started that way. He knew. He knew their junk. Right? But he starts, his teaching starts with blessed. Or if we were to translate the street Greek that Jesus spoke, we might say God blesses. And we would have to include this thought in those words that he said in the Greek. These people are happy and it's remarkable that they're happy. People notice that they're happy and people notice that they're happy to the degree that it must be a God who blessed them. That's how we would translate what Jesus said. How many of you are ready for that life? Right? Well, y'all are happy, y'all are blessed to a degree where somebody says, something's different about you. That's what Jesus is teaching about. God blesses in that kind of way these people. 
And in verse 6, verse 6 we get... God blesses those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Now you might remember from maybe childhood or old church days, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. And you read over that, maybe even memorized it, didn't understand a darn thing about what that meant. Are you ready to unpack it? Let's unpack that just a little bit. So God blesses, or happy are these people, and we would have to say if we unpack the language, whose greatest desire is to do what God requires. But the truth of the matter is, it doesn't stop there. Jesus is using a word, this word righteousness, which really doesn't mean much to us in English today. It means in right standing with, in right relationship with both God and other people. Vertical, horizontal. We're going to do calisthenics today. (laughs) That would be what that word means, righteousness. In right standing, meaning we're good, right? Daniel, we good? Right, we're good, right? I've apologized. Wait, we've had forgiveness for anything. We've done each other wrong, right? We're good, right? We can move forward in relationship. And we can enjoy this moment together. We can enjoy tomorrow together because we're in right relationship, right? That's what he's saying. God blesses the people that are in right relationship with God and with others. That's what that word righteousness means. Is that helpful? Now, what we would also have to unpack from what he's... He's using a yearning word, a craving word. God blesses those people whose craving for being in right standing with God and other people is stronger than their craving for other stuff. That we need help with. (laughs) Right? If we're honest, that we need help with. God blesses those who's craving, who's yearning, who hunger and thirst to be in right relationship with Him and other people more than they crave other things because, and remember there's a payoff, right? There's a benefit. They will be satisfied. I can't get, no. (laughs) No, actually you can you just walking Penub in all the wrong paces. Walking Penub. Some of you are old enough to remember Eddie Murphy there. Thank you, Lord. Right? So that's, that's what Jesus says in this statement. Is that helpful? Now, we are, we, we just crossed over the, the halfway point of this series on life's healing choices. And what the description here is that in eight of these statements that Jesus makes here in Matthew 5, there is truth about two things in your life. Healing, the healing process. And I want to say, welcome to City Harbor Church, a safe place to find and follow Jesus. And this is a safe place to find healing and freedom from life's hurts, hang-ups, and habits. Everyone's got them. This is not a church to come to to be fake, to put on a mask. Because eventually, Pastor Ben's going to make you uncomfortable if you're wearing a mask. You've been warned. It's just because, it's not, I, I just love you, and this is what loving you looks like. Loving you. Right? 
This is what that looks like. It means if you're here and you're going to wear a mask, I'm going to make you uncomfortable. Not to embarrass you, not to, not to, not to hurt you, but to help you come to a place of, I'm ready for healing, I'm ready for grace. Right? Right. So, what we see from this, that eight statements is lifting from Jesus' words, principles that are true of, maybe I'm holding on to bitterness. Maybe I've been hurt. Some of you heard me tell my story about I was sexually abused at the hands of other children. You had circumstances. Maybe it was your chromosomes. It could be your chromosomes, your circumstances, or your choices. Three C's. That's like a thing a pastor should do, right? It could be something in your DNA. You are genetically predisposed to this kind of mistake, right? Something that was done through your parents, through the bloodline, right? Your chromosomes. It could be your circumstances. Something that was done to you that was not your fault. That you were hurt. And hurt people hurt people. And that's what I did. I turned around and hurt other people. Because I was hurt. And then your choices. Right? God wants to bring healing to those things. So these principles are true both if you're needing to heal from hurt... You have a hang-up or a habit, right? Sin. God can give you the power to overcome sin. Willpower is not going to work. If it did work, you wouldn't be here. Unless you had spiritual pride, then that's a different issue. Right? So, willpower doesn't work because eventually you get tired. So, let's flip through real quick here. So, life's healing choices... We all have seen that we've dealt with one of these things on the screen. Regrets, worry, bad habits, attractions, wrong attractions, perfectionism, codependency issues, anxiety, depression, compulsive thoughts, an unhealthy relationship with food, sex, or substances. If you identify with any of those things on the screen, congratulations, you're in the right place. This is a good place for you. We don't do well with perfect people, as we've already said, right? This is a good place for you if you're experiencing any of those things. So let's recap just really quickly, and then I'll have 10 minutes to talk about this step. Thank you, Jesus. Life's healing choice number one that we discussed, the reality choice. I must, in our acrostic, the R, realize that I'm not God. I must humbly need, admit that I need help. For most people, that's the hardest step. Denial is not just a river in Egypt. It's a powerful thing. Some of you will get that tomorrow. Life's healing choice number two, the hope choice. The E in our acrostic recovery, our E, earnestly believe that God exists, that I matter to Him, and that He has the power to help me recover. That's why it's helpful to have something that you can read and people that you can talk to. Right? That's why we have celebrate recovery in the midweek and small groups. You need help with this coming to a place that I earnestly believe that God exists, that I matter to Him, and that He has the power to help me recover. Number three, the commitment choice to see, consciously choose to commit all my life and will or decision making to Christ's care and control. This is what it really means to let go and let God. Not lazy Christianity. You hear me? Right? I consciously choose to commit all my life and will to Christ's care and control. And He cares for you. Number four, the house cleaning choice. We talked about a couple of weeks ago. The O, R-E-C-O. Openly examine and confess my faults. Honesty. Honesty. 
We've got to be honest. The Word says we shouldn't think more highly of ourselves than we ought. Openly examine and confess my faults to myself, to God, and to someone I trust. Oh, isn't God good? There is help available to you in moment and in miracles and in a methodical way. That was good. Somebody should write it down. God's power, God's life-changing help is available to you in a moment in a miracle, and in a methodical way. It involves a choice on your part to submit to the process. See, when addicts hit rock bottom, what that means is that the pain has become greater than the pleasure. And they are willing to accept help that is not on their own terms. I want to say that again because it's really important because this is also true of when you're trying to heal from loss or hurt or hang-ups. It's also true of bad habits like, you know, chewing your nails or masturbating or drug addiction. It's true of all of those things. When the pain, you realize that the pain is greater than the pleasure you get from it and you're willing to accept God's help not on your terms, on His terms. Right? And that's why when Jesus says, God so loved the world, He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. When Jesus says, repent, turn away, He's talking about life change that involves the power of the living God in your life and you making decisions in a moment and day by day submitted to the process. That, that's what it means. So, number five from the Beatitude, the words of Jesus that we just read and unpacked, about hungering and thirsting for righteousness is what we call the transformation choice. The transformation choice. And in our acrostic, R-E-C-O, here's our V. Voluntarily, you can take a picture of this with your cell phone. I'll leave it up long enough, right? Voluntarily submit to every change God wants to make in my life and humbly ask Him to remove my character defects. Now, I would add to that, ask him to heal my hurt, because we're also talking about bringing healing to hurt, okay? I'm going to read that again, because it's important, and if you want to get caught up, you can, on your phone, on our website, cityharborchurch.com, you can listen to the past messages, you can pick up the book and follow along, you can pull it up in iTunes, but I want to read this again, because it's really important. Voluntarily, and this is what I believe we can get when we unpack Jesus' words in Matthew 5, 6. Remember, it's about Jesus, not self-help. Bueller, Bueller. It's about Jesus, not self-help. Voluntarily submit to every change God, God wants to make in my life and humbly ask Him to remove my character defects. I believe that's what it means. Now, I want to quickly... 10 minutes give you seven ways you can cooperate with God's change in your life. Are you ready? You know, thumb punch some notes in your phone. Come on, this is good stuff, even if you think your problems are really small. Words of Jesus again, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Or God blesses, happy are those whose greatest desire is to do what God requires. I'm not putting on you what my thoughts, right? 
come on, we, we don't believe in legalism, right? What God requires for they will be satisfied. Look up, Paul says, Martin Luther suggested that every Christian memorize the whole letter, the whole book of Romans. Offer yourselves as a living sacrifice to God, dedicated to His service and pleasing to Him. Let God, right, not, this is not self-help. God's involved, God's power. Let God transform you inwardly. Christianity is an inside-out thing. I'm so worried people are going to call me a hypocrite because I'm going to step up I'm trying to make these changes, do these things, but I've still got problems. I still have bad habits. Yes! That's why in this church we won't call you a hypocrite because we understand that spiritual change starts on the inside and then works its way to the outside. Christianity is an inside-out, upside-down thing. Oh, that was good, Pastor Ben. Let God transform you inwardly by a complete change of mind. Why does it take so long to get rid of your character defects and heal long-term pain? Because we've had them so long, we confuse them with our identity. Here's what I've found. Here's what I've found. When God does the most powerful, life-changing work on the inside of a person, it affects their identity. If you would complete uh, this sentence, it's just like me to be dot, dot, dot. That's, what would you say? Negative, gossipy, moody, um, dominating, angry, harsh, um, lazy. How, any Anything negative where you would fill that blank, or maybe in your pride something different, right? Where you would fill that blank. That's your old identity. That's not who God created you to be. That's not the child of God that's on the inside of you. When God does something that is life-changing on the inside of you, it affects your identity. That's why in Celebrate Recovery we say, Hello, my name is Ben. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ who has struggled with dot, dot, dot. Because that's honesty and that's identifying with, I'm a new creature. I'm a new person in Jesus because of Jesus. And we call out in faith, this is who I am becoming. (laughs) That's good stuff. This is who I am becoming. We've had them so long, we confuse them with our identity. This is just who I am. Mm. Right? And I spent years like that too. I got bad habits. No, it's not who you are. Because every... Defect has a payoff. Unfortunately, your sin nature, you will get some limited satisfaction. You'll feel good and then you'll feel bad. That's how you know it's sin. Because Satan discourages our efforts to change. You do have an enemy. So how do we cooperate with God's change process? Are you ready? Hold on to your seatbelts. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Number one, focus on changing one area at a time. One. One. Right now, you might be like me. You've got like 32. I got 32. I got one for every NFL team. All my problems. All my problems. I got 99 pro- Okay. So, one. One area at a time. What, look at this scripture. Now, this is the Bible, not me. An intelligent person aims at wise action, but a fool starts off in many directions. One. Number two, focus on victory one day at a time. One day. Stop worrying about what you're going to look like next Sunday. That's not helping you. Somebody say that's true. It's not helping you to think about what you're going to look like next Sunday. 
Enjoy today. Look, look what Jesus said. I love this. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. God will take care of your tomorrow too. Live one day at a time. That's Jesus. He knew some stuff. Three, focus on God's power, not your willpower. Oh, this is the big one, right? This is where we make a mistake. God, I will never do this again. And what we're saying is, in my power. Oh man, what a mistake that is. So let me just tell you something right here, right now. So this year, I'm in pain every day. Some of you guys know I blew out my knee a couple years ago, went through surgery, gone through physical therapy and all this stuff. They'd say I got another year of rebuilding muscle if I was an NFL player, which I'm not. <laughs> right? And I've realized in the last few months I've gotten away from doing my physical therapy exercises because I felt like other stuff was more important than me being able to walk. Honesty. Right? And now I can't even walk like a... Pastor Gary last week ran me ragged. I could not keep up with him walking because my knee's not right. So right now here, church, I give you permission to ask me every time you see me if I've been doing my PT exercises. No. But I will today. Come on. By God's power, not my willpower. Right? Look at this. I love this one. Philippians 4.13. Can a leopard take away his spots? Nor can you who are so used to doing evil start being good. That's Jeremiah 13.23. Right? You are evil. <laughs> right? You can't, you can't stop now. Right? But what does, what does Paul say from the life changing from the power of Jesus? I can't do all things through him who gives me strength. We got to wake up to the fact that God did not ask you to change your life out of your strength. He didn't. He only asks you to take steps in the process with him, with his strength. Through his strength. Now, what's really helpful for that is your mind. Your mind's got to make some changes. Look at this. Number four, this is good stuff. Focus on the good things, not the bad. Focus on the good things, not the bad. Watch this now, Philippians 4, 8. Fix your thoughts on what is true and good and right. Think about things that are pure. Think about all you can praise God for and be glad about it. Let me tell you something. I got really good about thinking about bad things. Some of you heard my story. I got to a place where every morning I woke up expecting the day to go bad, living under crushing anxiety and depression. As a Christian, I just believed that that was, I was supposed to power through. That's how life should be. No, that's not how life should be. Did you know that in this book, there are 7,000 promises? 7,000. 365 occurrences of fear not or don't worry. One for every day. I can pick up one of the 7,000 promises and focus on that. And it will help me forget about dot, dot, dot. Focus on good things. Look at this. Jesus, again, stay alert. Be in prayer so you don't enter the danger zone without even knowing it. Don't be naive. Part of you is eager, ready for anything in God, but another part is as lazy as an old dog sleeping by the fire. Come on, somebody. Who's got that part of you, too? <laughs> this one, this guy, right here, right? That's Jesus talking. 
focus on doing good over feeling good. Uh, let quick scientific breakdown. Your brain has neuro pathways. These 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 things. When you have thoughts, especially when you have repeated thoughts that have strong emotional attachment, physical attachment, or a release of serotonin, right? Which you even can have with thinking depressing thoughts. When you have those repeated thoughts. The more you have those thoughts, the more they work a groove in your brain. Scientists call a neuropathway a neurohighway. Anybody listening to what I'm saying and thinking about it? When you start to make a change, it's going to feel weird and you're going to feel bad before you feel better. I've broken both arms twice. I've had four concussions. I've found that I'm an adrenaline junkie. Healing often involves pain. Ray, is this true? Is that true? Healing involves pain? Yeah. We're praying for Ray, just had surgery, right? We're praying for total healing. Healing often involves pain. And what happens is you've got to make some decisions to focus on doing good and not live by your feelings. Now, God's going to change your feelings. God's not fake it, fake it till you make it is, eh, it makes me nervous because hypocrisy is not a good thing, right? God is changing your heart. You're going to feel good. Then you're going to feel weird. Then you're going to do some good things. Then you're going to kind of feel weird about it, right? The, the important part is that I'm not going to live by my feelings. Then God is going to change my feelings. And where those neural pathways in my brain from all the repeated negative thoughts... Change can occur. Great science going on right now about how in about three years, especially with addicts, that can, your physiology of your brain can change. Your brain can literally change. Galatians 5.16. If you are guided by the, the Spirit, you will be in no danger of yielding to self-indulgence. That, that needs 45 minutes by itself because self-indulgence is maybe our biggest problem. Are we led by the Holy Spirit? Led by the Holy Spirit. Number six, focus on people who help, not hinder you. Now let me say this. God, Jesus did not ask us to leave the relationships with broken people. Okay? Can, can you hear me, hear me now? Jesus isn't asking you to neglect, to pull away, to, to break relationship, but there is wisdom in this immediate season of healing, or bringing change to addictions where you may need to pull back a little bit in those relationships and balance them, hear me now, with life-giving relationships. So that you have relationships around you that help you, that give you strength, that help, help encourage your response to the Holy Spirit. In this room, there are many people who are a lot like you. They look different. But they're a lot like you. This is a great room to look around and say, I want to build a relationship with that person. Don't shout me down now. Right? There are a lot of brilliant, humble, fun people in this room. Spend time on relationships that are life-giving. Focus on people that help, not hinder you. Don't be fooled. Bad friends will ruin good habits. 1 Corinthians 15.33 Here's another one. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10 and 12. Two are better than one. If one falls down, his friends can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. 
Don't get it mixed up. There are people around you that want to see you fall. Because they love their own misery and then they'll feel better when they see you fall. you got to surround yourself with people that want to see you walk in a healthy way. Oh, thank God for that. Number seven, focus on progress, not perfection. Some of you have heard me before ask everybody in this church, go through the purple book, go through this book. And the other one, no perfect people allowed. Why? Because there's chapters in there about homosexuality. There's chapters in there about nicotine and drug addiction and alcohol addiction that unpack some complex issues. But one of the things that I love about no perfect people allowed is he talks about the fact of we need to be paying attention to the arc of the story of someone's life. It's not about, were you perfect today? Is there progress? Yeah, last year at this day, I was smacking a fool. Now I'm not. (laughs) That's progress. (laughs) Yeah, we're real in this place, right? Progress. Focus on progress, not perfection. Pastor Ben, he's crazy. Look what the scripture says. I'm sure that God, who began the good work... Some of you need to hear this this morning and get it in your spirit. I'm sure that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished. On that day, when Christ Jesus comes back again. Mm. It is God at work with you. Will you stand with me? Let's close in prayer. Oh, I'm so glad that God can help us with life change. I'm so, so thankful. The last bullet point that you see on the screen, I want to invite you to action, okay? Today. I want to invite you today to pray Ask God to open your eyes to this issue. Ask God to help you. Ask God today. Will you help today remove this bad desire from my heart? Will you help today me not sin, me not take that bad action? Pray with specifics. Write about it. Get down, punch it into, make it a fake text message to me if you want. I don't care, but write it down somewhere. Write down what God said to you today and what you can do about it. And then share it with somebody else. Real change happens when we talk. We talk about it. Get it out. Right? Everybody in this room needs Jesus. Let's close our eyes and close in prayer today. Lord, I thank you so very much that we can be real. That we can be honest. That you want to unpack what's going on on the inside of us that you want to bring healing, that you want to bring freedom. I thank you that you have not asked us to live out of our own strength, but out of your strength. Thank you for giving us life-changing relationship with you. Thank you for giving us encouraging relationships with each other. Help us today to be honest, to write stuff down, to pray about it, and to share it with others. God, today... May we find grace and peace in you. I thank you for it, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen.